Hey everybody, I'm Katie McDoyle and this is a Detecting History podcast. Hey everybody, how's your week been? I hope you've been well. The weather's been nicer. Um, it was lovely to wake up this morning to a frosty day with the blue sky. Um, the ground was still fine though. First frost for us in Hampshire, or first big one. Um, it was beautiful. And I got to go out with my new detector. I finally did it. I treated myself. Uh, Regtons, I sorted myself out with a XP Deus 2. The Black Friday deal was superb. I got a free MI6 pinpointer and an XP finds bag. And then I treated myself to the XL headphones and super quick delivery. It arrived the next day. Thank you to the Regton folk. Took that out today. I had loads of fun on Norfolk Button Boys Hammy program and Magnet program. If you check out on my Instagram profile, so Casey De- Metal Detects. I shared there on my stories uh, the different modes I was using. Love the park mode. For me, it's not too beepy, not too many sounds in my head. And uh, every time I use the park mode, I check to make sure it would be picked up on the general mode and vice versa when I did a bit on the general mode. I was still hearing it on the park mode, so I don't think I'll miss too much on that and I'll I'll tweak it to fit fit my soil. So yeah, loads of fun. And I was in a field that I've been in loads before, hadn't found much, and I just couldn't stop finding bits and pieces, little artifacts, found a Victorian penny, watchwinder, musket ball, all sorts of bits and pieces. Um haven't counted up all of the bits I pulled out the ground, but I think I was cracking onto 100 holes today. Um, So it was fantastic. And I just can't wait to really restart all of my fields again. I feel like I have to start from the beginning and just take this new wonderful machine around. So yes, exciting times. I'll keep you up to date with anything exciting that I find. This week, we had all of the entries come in for the Advent Canada competition. So thank you for getting all your entries in. There's a few stragglers and I might be good. I might let your straggling entries um, trickle in over the next few days. We're just building the Advent Canada now. And that will start, of course, on the 1st of December. If you see your entry behind one of the doors that means you're a winner and uh, you'll be hearing from me asking for your details and I'll be sending you something some prize and then uh, we will have our winner the find of 2023 on the detecting history will be behind door 24 and you'll win a trophy and lots of other bits and pieces you'll win a hat and a magnifying glass and uh, finds box and maybe even a gift voucher so exciting things as I say, I'm being lenient. If you haven't entered yet, then make sure you DM me on Instagram or Facebook with your favourite find, your own personal favourite find of 2023, and you could be a winner. We had exciting news. Did you catch the announcement? I couldn't wait. So I announced earlier than Friday that uh, there will be a new mini series to the podcast. So there will be uh, an amazing new show going out every Friday. The Detectress on The Detectorist. So myself and Carl, the mental detector, my co-host, along with Ellie, Miss Detectorist, Emma, 
M Loves Old Stuff and Ross, Detector Rost, will be reviewing episode by episode the famous and wonderful BBC show The Detectress week by week, all 20 episodes. So I hope you join us and watch along with us. The first episode will be coming out on Friday the 1st of December. So make sure you watch episode one available on BBC iPlayer before that date and then you can listen to us talking about the show scene by scene, talking about the characters, talking about some of the props, how real to life it is to detecting, everything we notice now that we didn't notice when we watched the first time round. I wasn't a detectorist the first time I watched it and I tell you what it's so funny I'm seeing so much more detail this time around and I bet you do too so join us for that one. Okay, this week our guest is the wonderful Kev Whitmore. So Kev uh, runs a in a so Kev runs a group over on Facebook called XPORX International, and there's over six thousand folks on there, um, all sharing their finds and their settings on the XPORX, which you know is my other machine. Um, but Kev is just an all-round fantastic gentleman. He has been in the detecting business for many, many years, a few decades in fact. He's so lovely to talk to, so wonderful, friendly, approachable, knowledgeable, stories upon stories upon story. We could have been chatting for three hours, but unfortunately we'll just keep it to part one. So this first hour, um, I really hope you enjoy it and we will of course get Kev on again soon. He's a fantastic top chap and Kev, Thank you very much for being on. Um, it was a pleasure. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to the Detecting History podcast. And this week, I'm super excited to have Kevin Whitmore on the show. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing today? Very good, Kevin. How are you? And I'm pleased to be on. It's an, it's an honor for me to be on as well. I've been listening to the podcast now for a few months. I think it is now, isn't it? Yeah, every time I get in my car, Rather than go straight to the radio, to the podcast on Spotify and see who the latest guest has been. I love it. I love so it. Thank you. <laughs> we love to hear that, Kim. Thank you very much. I am. Um, I'm so excited to have you on. And we were just chatting before the show. There, I'm really excited because you and your group on Facebook, so the XPORX International Group, it was so so helpful to me when I first started detecting, and I got my first proper detector, my XPORX, which I absolutely love. So just a massive thank you from me to you <laughs> and to Nigel as well setting up that group because it's been so wonderful and I think you've got six and six point six thousand members on there right now so all probably doing the same thing as me looking at each other's finds seeing what settings they've been using etc so it's just an honor to have you on <laughs> no honor for me to be on no, no thanks for that and that's it's the group we started because to cut a long story short I'd been, we'd, we'd moved to Greece. I'd had an illness. We moved to Greece and we'd come back and I'd left the machines there and the RX had literally, it was, it was in the magazine. I picked up uh, the latest search for treasure on the car member and there it was. And uh, I ordered it straight away and it come literally the next day and mm. uh, and I thought, well, I better look, see if anybody else has got one. Yeah. There was no BLS. <laughs> so, and it was my son said, Dad, start a Facebook group. And I'm like, mm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but he set it up and that was it. Yeah. And the rest of history. And it's been, we've grown it organically. And it has, like I said, it's helped quite a few people, I like to think. Um, very, very friendly. We keep it friendly. Um, it's, it's, it's always been strict like that. Um, and I'm glad you, you've got some uh, information from it because that's obviously what we want to do. But we see people come and go. Um, they get other machines and come back, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, it's all part and part of starting Facebook group, I suppose. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's found it extremely helpful. Um, so, Kev, you mentioned there you're in Greece um, and you're away and you've come back. So, which area of the, which region of the UK are you in right now? Where are you based? Police Suffolk. Oh, lovely. So we're in a nice, interesting part of the country. <laughs> <laughs> but without the sunshine today, unfortunately, I'm not far from Norfolk. Yeah. So, two of the best counties, or according to um, the flow saying uh, what we're told, to two of the two counties that I think record the most fines in the country, if I'm not mistaken. It might have changed, I don't know, but yes. that's what I last was told and heard anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know anything. No, I'm, I'm in full agreement. When we see the likes of yourself, Norfolk Button Boy and Suffolk Searcher and the things that folks find out from that way. And then, yeah, it's interesting, actually, part of that conversation about detecting the different areas and what's found. I mean, Em loves stuff. She said that in Kent, they find an awful lot of um, complete crotal bells there. It's known for that. And then, of course, yourself. Yep. I mean, over there, you just find absolutely abundance of most things don't you um, and then you've got sort of up north and the, the northwest i mean they might say they don't find a lot of much but um it just depends you've got to walk over it haven't you to be able to find it you never know what you're gonna find That's beautiful. yeah exactly that is the beauty of it and it's uh you feel honored and lucky when you do find something don't you and every hole is exciting you never know when you get a signal you're like oh mm. what could it be <laughs> That's uh, it. That's what keeps us interested, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So you're in Suffolk there, I and mean, how long have you actually been a detectress now, would you say? Goodness me. I got, I think, my first detector, 1978. So about 45 years ago. Wow. Yep, it was, I remember, I, I, um, I remember sitting at home, and there was a couple of lads, a little bit older than me, same school, and they used to walk past every Saturday and Sunday with these metal detectors. And I used to think, where are they going? What are they doing? Da, 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 da. And one day I went out there and we just spoke to them. Um, they were six, they were yeah. in sixth form, that's it, school, and I obviously was a lot younger. And uh, I'm going to come out. One of them was a Scottish lad, and uh, the other the other lad I've just recently met again after all these years, which is another story. But oh, amazing. They asked me to come out we'll take you out and uh yeah lo and behold off i went and like watching them dig all these lovely coins up um sort of what were they uh 40s 50s coins um because we had a grandstand near us a racing grandstand and it's a massive area yeah. where apparently people used to stand who couldn't afford to pay again but they used to get drunk and drop the coins well that's the story they told me anyway <laughs> and that was it i was and I remember coming home and telling my dad, and uh, my dad being my dad, he come back, I think it was a couple of weeks later, and he said, I've got a present for you. And that was my first metal detector. Oh. I don't know where he got it from. It wasn't a new one, but he got it. And that was it. I was hooked, and I went out with them. And they uh, they used to go to a club, and I remember going a couple of times and meeting these guys. And it was very, very old-fashioned. You know, it's not like today at all. And these guys were sitting there. Very, very clever guys with half a bitter and a packet of peanuts and crisps and yeah, and I just learned so much and it just I was just hooked then I was just hooked. Yeah, wow. So a, a forty-five years plus you'd been metal detecting for. So you're definitely our most experienced guest on so far, Kev. So there you go. <laughs> don't know about, I don't know about, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
on and because then obviously I've done it for years and years and years and I've got married and then we've had kids as well so been in between as well and it, you know not it wasn't full time while the kids were growing up but that it's always been there and uh, I think time's just gone so quickly I mean that's how much I enjoy the hobby I suppose it's like been and gone in a flash um, but yeah um, and here we are still doing it but it, it is an amazing hobby but when I think back to when I started and how it is now this it's so different it really is so different um, but mm. it's all hobbies isn't it I suppose and the change in because we were, we're a lot of those guys were classed as odd then you know when uh, I remember <laughs> my dad saying telling his friend one day um he said, your son goes metal detectors. He's like, yeah, yeah, he goes, he goes with these funny blokes. They go at the pub and they all sit in the corner huddle up there with all these things that they've found and talk about him. But you know, that that was then different now. Different now. It's <laughs> massive. Definitely market. different was, now. Yes, definitely. Yeah, anything different, anything that people don't understand is often uh, first labelled as odd, isn't it? And then people learn more and then they get interested themselves and... The um the show the detectorist really helped, didn't it, in a way to let people know actually, what, <laughs> you know, what people get up to and all the rest. As of soon it. as anybody um, I talk to, you know, my wife and my children, that you know, they tell people that I detect. That's the first thing they mention is the detectorist, and and I must admit, it's I got yeah. hooked, and I'm still I still watch it. You know, very, very often, if there's nothing on the telly, and that quite a lot, is, you know, that I'm interested in, and I'll just flick through, and it's on again. And I love, I've watched the same sort of episode time and time again, and see different things, and there's so many funny little things that I've noticed, and I just can't help but roll to myself yeah. thinking about it sometimes, you know, and I find myself relating to it. And <laughs> there was a, a rally I went on recently um, up in Norfolk with a lot of older guys, a lot of a lot of my friends were a lot older. They're not even on Facebook, some of them. And this rally I went to, it was like a scene out of the detectorish. You know, we had a stall. The local WI made uh, sausage rolls and cakes and things. And you give a donation. <laughs> it was for, like, the local church. And it really was like a scene from the detectorish. And it, I, you know, I'm smiling about it and laughing now. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Kev, I'll give you a bit of a free scoop. Um, myself and Carl, the mental detector, I had this idea the other day and I was thinking, right, through the dark, deep, deep, dark winter months, I was like, what I'd really like to do is watch the detectorist again from beginning to end. And we're going to do a, a midweek episode where we're reviewing each episode. So hopefully that'll inspire oh, everybody to sort of watch along with us. And as you say, oh, when you watch yeah. it and you are a detectorist now, for me especially I watched the show before I was into metal detecting so now I'll watch back with fresh eyes and like you're saying just there when you turn up to yeah, events yeah. and yeah how he managed to depict that in the show so yeah watch this space excellent right I'll keep an eye out for that definitely <laughs> That's but yeah I, I can't I just laughed and I said as soon as I think about it I have to it's sort of like it just makes me smile because it's so positive. The whole thing's so positive, isn't it? You know, the theory. Yeah. Um, it is It is great. great bit of TV. Awesome. So that's how you got into detecting then. And what would you say metal detecting does for you then, Kev, in terms of all the different aspects of the hobby? Um, it's, I mean, obviously they got me interested and there was a lot to be interested about as well then because I remember they, they took me to this, particular place where the people used to stand apparently in bed and drop their money but the other thing that he used to talk about a hell of a lot was uh, Queen Bodica. Some mm, people yeah. call it Bodicea, don't they, Bodica? 
And yeah. you know, I'm like, who's who's that? And you got to remember, I was a young lad. I'm thinking, who the hell's that? And I remember going to the library at school, and I didn't go to the library. I wasn't one of them, you know. And reading all about it, and I was like, oh god. And they find things. They find things from that area, you know. And they did, and they showed me some of the stuff, and that was it. And off they took it to the club, and all the old guys were excited about it, and they're like all huddled around, and oh, I've got to find something. I never did. I never did fight anything um, from from uh, that particular place, but it just hooked me. And ever since, that's it. Um, it's sort of been my go-to hobby, if you like. And I think because it's so accessible and so easy for, for a lot of us, um, you can you know put it down and pick it back up. And like I said earlier, you know, I'm obviously married. I've got well, grown children now; they're in the thirties. But when they were growing up, you know, time to myself was quite precious because you know you spend time with your family first so you know i can just pick the detector up and go out for a couple of hours and that's what it's meant to be something i can put down and pick up quite easily um, and, and i love the countryside my wife does as well we love walking um, and we've, we've always been lucky enough to be in the countryside so it's all like a bit of a win-win all round, if, if you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely and i like what you say about the fact that you know stuff happens in life doesn't it so you're not necessarily going to be able to do it 100 yeah. percent at your free time all at a time no. but unlike other hobbies no. like if you follow formula one or football if you sort of come away from it for a while you lose the knowledge don't you you don't know who all the players are or who the managers yeah. are or but That's for it. us we can pick it up and there's stuff is still in the ground for waiting for us isn't it that's it and that's the beauty of the hobby i mean obviously metal detectors seem to change quite quite quickly these days but you know i mean that's another subject isn't it i've still got my original detector and you know it still does what it used to do then i i had a service recently at um c scope and they went right through it and it didn't need anything i think they just sort of cleaned some of the circuit board up because it's proper old-fashioned but it still works and i could still go detecting with it and in fact uh, just detect one of the railways i'm sure you've heard of it the veterans rally up in lincolnshire they had a yeah. day and um, four using your old machines and yeah i took it out on the field i didn't didn't find anything of uh, any particular or significant but you know, I picked up a few bits and bobs with it. So it just, just goes to show, you know, they yeah. still work and they haven't changed that really, really. I don't think. <laughs> Not really. That was my my follow-up question. What have you noticed though? And what, what have been the big jumps that you've seen in terms of the technology? What would you say are the, the biggest changes from that first one you had? Do you know what? The biggest thing, and you you mentioned it earlier, the, the XPRX is obviously wireless and it is the lightest metal detector in the world. And that is the thing that, you know, you notice straight away how light these modern machines are. I mean, I think the RX is 750 grams or something like that. It's not very heavy at all. It was like waving a wand, so you can right, yeah. you, know, you can wave it around all day mm. long. Um, and obviously that is, for a lot of people, uh, it makes it a lot easier for them to detect. Um, as I said earlier, a lot of my friends are, are very old. <laughs> One of the guys is 94. Wow. Um, and he's got a Dacus, which is similar yeah. to the R. Um, but like he said, there's no way he could he could use his old machine and um, think his, he had a Tessero, uh, one of the Tesseros, I can't remember which one it was, but, it, you know, they're not heavy, heavy, but they are heavier than, obviously, these new modern machines. So, hence, yeah, that's probably the biggest change I've, I've noticed. And, obviously, digital 
and with the screens. And I'm not fussed what what I use, but I still use as well. I've got another uh, Seascope 6MXI. I mean, that's been around now for quite a few years, but it's, it's a digital machine without a display, mm. and it does the same job as these modern machines. Yeah. Um, it, it does. I mean, I've got modern and old machines, so, you know, proof's in the pudding and the finds, isn't it? Yeah, the, the weight is just such a, a winner for me. And as you say, because we can charge the ORX uh, with the USB-C wire, rather than uh, back in the old days, the old machines used to have like yeah. a fair few... Was it C batteries or D batteries in there? So that would add to the weight, wouldn't it? Nine volt and AA and AA batteries, Jeff. Um, yeah, funnily enough, but AA batteries in my Seascape. But you know, pros and cons again, because recently, um, at a couple of the rallies I've been to, the guys have got these little boxes that charge things up. Would you call them power packs or something? Yeah, that's old, it. Can't you? Yeah, power uh, banks. They'd run out of power. They'd run out of power. <laughs> but if you've yeah. got a spare packet of batteries in the car you can just unwrap and put them in your machine so you know That's pros it. and cons for battery. <laughs> same as pinpoint it's the same you know i've got a pinpointer that takes a nine volt battery and yep. a pinpoint you can charge up the usb so both bases covered there you go ready <laughs> like for all scenarios Perfect. yeah exactly <laughs> lovely so um let's talk about your detecting gear then um, you've given us a rundown yep. of the, the um, machines you use in currently. Are there any other machines you're using at the moment, or shall we just move on to what you're using in terms of spades and trowels and stuff? I've got I've, I've got the original C-scope. I've got my 6MXI, and I've just got another C-scope that I've been looking for, looking out for. It was, it was quite... Um, it was quite a breakthrough 20 odd years ago called an R1 and it's got digital display. And I was just happened to be chatting to him and he said, oh, I've got one of them. He said, well, I used it a couple of times and then he said, family come along and it's been, and it was in the loft ever since. He said, and I got it out and a mouse had chewed through the coil wire. So he'd sent it off to the scope and the, yeah. the lovely fellas down there had replaced the coil and the wires and everything and give it a, a sort of bill of good health. And he said, you can buy it if you want. So he, he sent it to me and said, look, don't pay me till you've got it. I want you to see it. I'm going to send it to you. When you're happy yeah. with it, send me the money. And I've got that, so I'll play with that. I've got my DAS 1. Um, I've got my RX, as you know. And I've got a DAS 2. Um, and I've got a Garrett Apex. What else have I got? What else have I got? That's about it now. Um, I thinned out a little bit. Wow, it's a good collection, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice to. I, I mean, it's nice to have the collection. But some, I mean, if you've been using them, because I always say to people, I'm going off the on a tangent here a bit. But when you get a machine, I think if you use it and use it and use it and learn it, then you know you're that gives you the edge when you're searching in the field. So for me, I suppose because I've used them all so long, I sort of know them all inside out. Um, so yeah, I love using them yeah. all. And, and I literally do, um, Kate. You know, there's no, there's no fixed machine that I'll use all the time now. So I'll just pick up one of them. If it's raining the day or two, because it's fully waterproof. Yeah. Um, especially last weekend. Um, or was it last week on the weekend before? It was absolutely tipping down, muddy and everything. And the machine got covered. I got covered. But I didn't have to worry. Mm. You know, and I'm a bit yeah. anxious about the older machines now. So. Um, when it when it rains like that and gets muddy like that, you have to be a bit careful because I want to break anything. No, exactly. Um, but, Be gutted, but, wouldn't you? But, yeah, I would. I would. I, especially my old original one. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that machine-wise, that's me. A bit of a choice. Yeah. Um, but 
how did you find the um, Garrett Apex? Because when I was going to make my jump to, uh, I'll say a grown-up machine, <laughs> just before I got my ORX, I was actually on the waiting list for the, the Garrett Apex, but it had some kind of delay. I think it was uh, a shipment stuck somewhere or something. And then that's that was the deciding feature because I couldn't uh, wait to spend my money. So I plumped with the, the XP RX, and I'm glad I did. Right. Um, but how did you find the Garrett Apex? Because I've heard good things about that too. And I think... Um, Digger Dawn uses that some of the time. She's just used that on yeah. her trip to Alderney and she was singing its praises. I think it's a very capable machine. I mean, what what people have to remember about some of these machines, especially, I mean, Garrett, um, been around for a long time, and got good heritage, know what they're doing. And that machine is obviously American-born and the, and the Americans uh, don't get the history we get. So when they're searching, they, they like to find a lot of... Maybe they don't, maybe they do, iron things. So the one thing I always say that stands out for me with the Apex, that iron discrimination is fantastic. Um, and I know a mm. people disagreed with me recently about that, but if you try it, you'll see. And it is, it's very, very good at discriminating iron. But it's not heavy. Um, it does what it says it's going to do. I've found hammered coins with it. I've found all sorts with it. So, you know, they're all much for much these machines. And I, and I, you know, I would... Anybody starting out, I'd have no hesitation. In fact, I have I, I, before people have asked, you know, a good start machine. And I've said the Apex because it is a very simple, good quality machine to get going with. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. That answers your question. So, it certainly does. Yeah. Brilliant. The, the obvious thing is, as well, that obviously you've got the RX, so we've got you in our group. If you'd have got an Apex, you wouldn't have been in our group. But, Oh, exactly. Thanks. It's brought us here today, isn't it? Things oh, work out for a reason. <laughs> I like that. So what do you use then in terms of your um your spade at the minute then, Kev? What do you find works best for you? Uh, right. So I've got a bit of a spade fetish, Katie. People do take the mickey out of me. I can't help it. I must have about twenty different spades. Oh, lovely. Um one I use oh yeah, honestly, it's you couldn't make it. I think I think because it's my hobby and we're always looking for that extra sort of special thing that might help us do things a little bit easier. And I've got old-fashioned, I've got modern. I suppose if I was to slim it all down, I've got a, a Gladius, stainless steel Gladius, which um, is bomb-proof. I mean, that's going to outlast <laughs> me, no doubt. But it's heavy. Yes. Um, there's a spade called a McGrafter that a guy up north makes in his shed, basically. Um, and it was designed to... I think he, he basically developed it to help people with bad backs or people who could, you know, he had some sort of disability because you can extend it, but it's carbon fibre. Um, he makes the blade, and, and the blade I've got on mine is almost trowel-like, um, but with the foot peg, so I can dig down quite deep. Um, so I use that a lot as well. Um, my friends in Holland who've got a shop, they've done a carbon fibre one very similar. I bought one of them a little while ago. I've got a Bergen and Ball. I've got the Beers and Jackson. I've got them coming out in the ears. But I suppose the McGrafter I use probably more than any of the others. The Gladius is brilliant in the winter when the ground's hard because, you know, you can really give that some stick and there's no way that thing breaking. Um, and that will outlast me with that shadow of a doubt. Yeah. So that's that's my digging gear, I think. Um, and, and there's a lot in between that you've probably seen. There's one that I'm just trying to think the name of it now. The guy in Graves, and he's not far from me, actually. He's over in Norfolk. 
and he'd done one for our group, the RX group, um, with the Viking on. Absolutely amazing job. Yeah. Um, the name will come to me in a minute. But uh, yeah, that's my <laughs> Yeah, I know. I can't think of the name either, but they're beautiful. And when you see people unwrapping them as well, it's just like, wow. Optimus Spades, that's the one, Optimus Spades. Yeah, and I, and to, to whack that in the ground now with this beautiful, I mean, he has done, it's a lot of full Viking on there with all the gear and his axe and everything, and I just can't bring myself to whack that in the ground, really. But I might do one day, you never know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd be tempted to, to put one of those up on the wall just to stare at it and its beauty. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is crap. You've got a lot of gear then, Kev. So how do you how do you cope with that at home? Have you got a nice office or something where you've got all your bits and pieces and you can look at them all? Are they all on display? This is my detecting ring that I'm talking to you from today. I've got cupboards in here with stuff in them. I do I do have to sort yeah. of like have a look now and again just to remember where I've put things because I've got a memory like a sieve. Um, what club groups are you members of? Um, do you want to do any shout outs for any of the groups you're members of Kev or do you just sort of work on your own permissions I've got well, um, lucky enough to live on a farm when we come back from Greece and um, got a little cottage on the farm here they've got a few thousand acres so um, I'm lucky that I can literally walk out the door whatever direction I go in they've got places I can detect um, and as I said I've got a lot of old friends who invite me here there and everywhere I get to Norfolk quite a lot um, there's a new New group, Fenland Diggers. I've been I've been on a few of their digs recently, um, out in Norfolk. Lovely bunch of lads. Yeah. And raise a lot of money for a local children's charity and which is always good as well. And I've made some new friends there, so I like to go out. Oh wonderful. Yeah, they they really they really do um a good job. It's I mean you probably know, I mean, a lot of people, and for a lot of people, they haven't got their own permission. So these digs are the only way they can get out. And these guys it's, it's about twenty pounds. I think I don't think I've been on a dig that's any dearer than that with them. Um, and the money goes to the charity uh, and the farmer. I know the farmer was there last week. Um, he was coming chatting to us, see what we'd found, and uh, I think he put some more money in the tin um, for for the donation to the children's charity as well, which was nice. You know, to see it with your with your own eyes. Oh, so yeah. nice. Um, so yeah, Fenland diggers. Uh, they're they're a great bunch. Uh, Heart of England. I've been on a few of them. Peter Pesty. He's he's started off with an RX. He's on a Dais two now, but they they have a lot of digs from Cambridge yeah. way. So I go over there too. Um, I'm off to Lincolnshire soon. I was I was invited down to Cornwall a while ago. I'm lucky. I get invited here, there, and everywhere. Um, and obviously we have the big rallies in the summer. I got a few of them uh, this year. Just Detect again, which is the Veterans Rally. That's that's really good. Made some good friends there as well. The Rodney Cook Rally, I went there to help XP. Yeah. Um, I helped them on this plan this year. I've done that over a few, few years. And that's quite nice. And as the RX man, as they call me, because um, I've got an RX. And I'm the <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's quite handy. But, um, yeah, so group-wise... Uh, there's a lot of groups I go to and I get a lot of invites. I'm very, very lucky. Yeah. Um, and as I say, I've got my own permission. No, that's good. It's nice, as we were saying earlier on, it's nice to be able to go over different areas of the country, isn't it? And spoke about it on previous episodes. You've got the different it, land types and then yeah, it is. different finds. It is. And you have to, 
you have to change your settings on your detector then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get the fun of doing that too. <laughs> right. Let's move on to then in your wide ranging years and uh, decades. What are your best or most favourite finds that you've had over the years, Kevin? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um tough there question was, huh? it is a tough question to take because i i have been lucky and i do feel quite lucky that i you know i've found quite a wide and varied amount of different finds but do you know what a couple of years ago i was on a on some mainland and i got a quite a nice little signal but there was a a, a bit of a, a grunt to it with the rx funny enough and I thought, God, that's a, that's a weird one. And I started digging down, and lo and behold, there was a big old rusty nail. Um, sort of thing you'd see in an old timber frame building. It was quite big now. And I waved the call again. I had the white HF cord. I don't know if that's what you use on your RX. And there was a bang, is, yeah, signal, yeah. bang signal behind it. And I started digging down and digging down. I thought, oh, here we go. This is some modern iron. As you know, a lot of machines get confused with modern. They give this nice clangy sound. Well, yeah. I got down. I mean, I was down deep below the plow line. And... I sort of like, I was taken back. There was a Bronze Age axe head starting to appear. And oh, it was wow. like, it was, oh yeah, it was just like, it was amazing. It was one of them, and I just sat there. I remember, I can, I can, you know, recollect it. Now I was on my knees and I was looking at it and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is a Bronze Age axe head. This is a Bronze And then I put my coil, um, pinpointed down and it started sounding off around the Bronze Age this axe head as well. So I'm thinking, oh yeah. my god, this is a horde. This is a horde. Anyway, I run, I run the flow, and she said, "Well, no, you you, you do it." And um, I took it yeah. out and took pictures like they asked me to. And I, I, I sat there. I, I, I get. I bet it felt like a lifetime, you know. But it wasn't. It was probably about ten or twenty minutes. And then I started <laughs> out with my little trowel. What a little trowel, little child's trowel that I use for digging stuff out and it, it popped out and I got it in my hand and I took some pictures and I got excited to run my wife and I run a couple of friends like videoed it yeah. and Facebook, it, quite excited put my pinpointer down there and it was going off and there was sword tips dagger tips spear bits <gasps> lots of broken bits as well and it took me quite a while to get it all out but just the hairs on my neck and just i don't know why it was just a different find for me i've never felt like that before with all the finds of that all over the years yeah and put it all in a bag i showed it to the farmer and he, he was like yeah yeah bits of bronze um you know that's what they're like <laughs> yeah 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 lovely okay. <laughs> see ya let me know how you get on i thought yeah okay and i took it to the flow and she said, "Oh my goodness me, this is uh, this is nice. And there's quite a few bits, and off it went to, yeah. to the Breakfast Museum, and they called it a founder's hoard. So basically, okay, yeah, but the axe head was complete. Everything else he broke, um, and there were some ingots as well. I mean, they were huge, very very heavy, where they melted down. But basically, it was the guy's wealth, and he buried it." Um, and unfortunately, right. something out to him because he didn't dig it back up again. But um, yeah, they they mm. said it was hoard and I got it back which was really really nice so wow sort of like, oh, lovely 
It is, yeah. One of my prized possessions. I suppose. When I hold the axe head now, it's, I still get a sh- little shiver. It's really weird. I don't know. I, I don't know why. You know, I've yeah. got some old and weird and wonderful things. I tell you over the years, but that axe head just, yeah, weird, bizarre. And I'm, it's the first thing I show people when you know they want. They, Can I have a look at something you found? I go, yeah, look at me. And they're like, oh, axe yeah. head. And they always think of it as a weapon, but of course. You, you probably know that it was you, the farmers used them to dig out the earth to put the seeds in stuff. Um, yeah, all manner really of things. Really confuses people when you, yeah, when you tell them that. This thing's yeah. enough, like it's brand fine new, like it was made yesterday. And of course, yeah. you know, potentially two and a half thousand years old. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, that's probably my, one my favourite, I think, and most memorable. I mean, there's, I've got all sorts of manner of things I've had. Um, Viking Viking things are my favourite, um, but they're few and far between. But yeah, mm. bronze, my little Bronze Age founder's hoard, I think, is my favourite. Founder's hoard, and that's interesting what you say there because yeah, of course, any broken. When you were saying about the broken bits, I was wondering, but yeah, of course, he would he would have just melted them back down again, wouldn't they? To yeah. turn into something else, and obviously with the ingot as well, had already yeah. probably done that before. Yeah. yeah, and that you know they didn't have money like you know you know years that like the years you know, like the other stuff we get with the hammers and stuff that was his wealth. So poor bloke um, buried it to uh, stop somebody taking it, I suppose. And unfortunately, something must have happened to him because obviously he didn't dig it back up. So maybe yeah. that's his, maybe I'll let his spirit out. So I don't know. Maybe that's one of the hairs on the neck. <laughs> I got goosebumps when you started telling us that story there, Kev. That's amazing. Uh, honestly, I, I can't emphasize enough how weird it was when I when I first saw I mean, I've uncovered like you and like, you know, lots of people in the hobby when you uncover something and you pull it out. But I just sat there and looked at it for ages. I don't know. I, yeah, it's just one of them weird things. There you go. Unexplained. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> was that your first axe head? No, no, that's it. I've had them before. I've got about five or six now. But that one with them bit, just like it's just stuck with me. The last day, even talking about it, the hairs on the neck stick up. There's obviously some connection there or something. I don't know. Yeah. Weird. I, don't, I really don't understand it. And even my wife said, she said, Oh, you always get excited about it when you talk about it. And I do, you know, I can tell I am now like shut up because otherwise I'll talk about it for the next three hours. And not <laughs> well, we wouldn't but, mind, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that that's that's my most that's my most memorable I think now. To date anyway. Oh, fantastic. Wow, yes. I think anybody would like yourself be waiting for a few minutes and taking it all in and like you said that feeling you had at the time that's why you've got such a a vivid memory of it and love retelling it because of that feeling yeah you you are 100 percent right and you know it um it's just like one of them weird moments i had while i was looking at it down there because it was the way i think it was in the mud as well it's a shame i can't show the pictures um and share the pictures with uh, with the listeners um because to see it laid at an angle, and I'm looking at it, it's laid at an angle. It's just like it's been laid to rest. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I'm looking at it. Yes. I've just uncovered it, and I can 
You know, when you start uncovering something, oh, what's that? Bit blonde, blonde, blonde. Uh, and then you can see the accent, and that's it. And here I am, look, rabbit and on yeah. about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, I'll stop now. Yeah. <laughs> no. Please don't stop. Please don't stop. That's fantastic. Okay, so that's that's your sort of favourite find. Have yes. you had um, Have you had any gold in the past, Kev? Have you done the gold dance? That's what we all want to know. Yeah, well, I've, I've been lucky. I've um, so I've got a couple of posy rings that I found years ago. Nice. Uh, gold hammered coins, uh, watch winder. Uh, sovereign, couple of sovereigns, I think I've got there. Um, some little bits of gold. I'm not sure what they are. Um, the flows weren't sure what they were either. Um, so yeah, I've got some gold, but they just, I suppose, um, they were a long time ago actually. So I'm just trying to think what the one of the posy rings had an odd message in it as well. I'm just trying to remember because they're actually in Greece because we we lived in. The Greek island for a long time. We got home there, um, and a lot of my stuff I took with me, um, so I can't grab it and look. But it translated to something very, very odd, and I'll, I'll probably I'll remember in a minute. I'll remember, it, but that that's quite memorable as well for for gold. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I've had a few little bits of gold. I've been very lucky. Yeah, and the gold dance has taken place, which is always good to hear. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did do that. Somebody made me do it the last time, so they said, "Let you." I think it was I think sovereign. That was about ten years ago, and um, they made me do a dance. I did do it. Shucks. Maybe I'll be there next time you find some gold at one of these rallies and I can witness yeah. it in person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hopefully there's some more there for somewhere. Oh yes, oh yes. It's like we say, it's not always about the gold, is it? It's just about no. the wonder of what we find. Um, what have you found then, Kev, in terms of anything weird, wonderful, unexpected? Wonderful. Mm. Let's think this. I'll tell you, there's a couple of things that spring to mind. One of them is weird. How about this? So that must be now about 20 years ago. I was digging in the field with some friends and it was a hammered coin. And in the same hole was a record, a seven inch record. Um, Anarchy in the UK, the Sex Pistols, in a little plastic bag. I mean, what the hell was that doing in the middle of the field? How bizarre That's is that? Bizarre. Bizarre in the world. You know, I, I'm still flummoxed by today. The lads were like looking at me like I was gone out. You know, wasn't I couldn't help digging it up. They were like, well, "What's he got that? In? Yeah. You know, what you got that in your hand for?" So when I was in the hole, you're joking. I said, "No, look." And that was the Sex Pistols, Anarchy in the UK, with a picture cover. I think I have got it somewhere actually, but that was this coin. uh, I just it was sort of like the edge of it was hanging in the hole. If that makes sense, in the plastic. So I started to try and pull it off because it was well bedded in. But I dug round carefully, and there was this inch record in 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 this coin. Absolutely weird. And and there's another one and was um, a American car badge. Chevy Bel Air, 
You know, again, in the oh, middle yeah. of the film, I mean, what's that doing? Christine, I don't know if you've ever seen the film, it's a horror film called Christine and this badge. And I always think of yeah. the horror film, I think of the badge, you know, and because I, I thought it'd bring me bad luck, but no. So, yeah, the, the record and this badge, <laughs> this American car badge, not, there was no other bits of the car, just this badge in the middle of a field. And I'm in, in the middle of in nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. How yeah. do these things get there? Crazy. Like, oh, Crazy. Yeah, very odd, but. It's all good fun because then you can tell the story, can't you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what we love about it. That Anarchy in the UK single, I think that might be worth a bit of money as well, actually. I think they're quite yeah. rare. Maybe it was someone's like, own little treasure back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why would they bury it in a field? Somebody obviously, you know, I just don't know. Weird. Well, I'll never know, will I? But to look, you're right there. Actually, I'll have to have a look on eBay and see if there's any of them on there. <laughs> Goodbye yeah, I think you should. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a good, weird find. I like that one a lot. Right, so moving on to history then, Kev. Um, let's talk about your favourite history era before we talk about what might be your favourite monarch or emperor. Anything that you particularly enjoy? You, I suppose recent years, and this is probably because of television, is the Vikings. Um, I, yes. I, I love the era and I love the programs Vikings, Valhalla and um, Uhtred the Babama that really ignites because I've got a terrible memory um, so watching the programs is makes it easier than reading a book if that makes sense because you can relate the, I mean the, the, the Uhtred one, yeah. you can relate that to the to history so I suppose I took a lot of yeah. that on board. Um, and the Vikings do fascinate me. And I've been lucky enough to find a few Viking things. Not enough, because I'd love to find a hell of a lot more. Because, um, yeah, I think they just fascinate me, the Vikings. They're, a, they're a, um, quite a race of people. And I don't know if you know, but in the RX group, again, because it's international, We've made, I've made a lot of friends around the world. And funnily enough, I've made some very, very, very good friends in Denmark. And of course, you know, where the Vikings are from. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they are lovely, lovely guys. So when I found stuff or when people find stuff here and we think it's got Viking connections or it's Viking now, I can go to them, send them pictures. And his friends are part of a museum in Denmark so we get a lot of information then and it's quite surprising you know what, I, what I've what i learned I mean every day's a school day still even though I've been detected a long time um, for an example uh, not so long ago there was a young lady from Denmark in the group she's got an RX as well who was doing um, some sort of thesis or study about um, loom weights and she showed us some Viking ones with um, like inscriptions on and runes and stuff, and then we noticed that some of the stuff, some some we found here, were very similar. So then it turns out you think, well, they're Viking. Well, no, they're not. The English ones here were copies, and they've copied the patterns from the Viking ones. So how amazing is that? So oh, wow! The Viking thing, yeah, it, it's um, I, I love it. I just love all the Viking things, and um, I, I really do. And I, as I say, I just love to find some more. But that was quite an interesting little thing to uh, be involved in, you know, showing them. And they're like, oh, my goodness, that's the same patterns as, like, we have here. You know, when they Viking? No, no, because of this, because of that. But they've copied the pattern. So, yeah. 
there you go, Viking era. I love that. And uh, a lot of people have said similar. Yeah. I'm the same as you. Things go in my head and stay in my head better when I watch it on the TV or even yeah. listen to it. Audio books going better than me actually reading. And just, just to add to that, this is um, how bizarre is this as well. So my wife works in the local town few days a week and I always take her in the mornings um, with, and I take our dogs with us and I walk them and have a coffee because it's not on the farm it gets a bit muddy this time of year and the little one tends to pick everything up so anyway yeah. so off I go walking around and we've got these lovely gardens, well, the Abbey Gardens in Bury St Edmunds yeah. um, amazing amazing place to wander around and just when we'd first moved here and I was walking around there and I thought and it said King Canoe on this little sort of King Canoe. Yeah. What's he doing here? <laughs> I started. <laughs> but I didn't realise that, uh, because obviously he was the Viking Christian king, wasn't he? That Edmund, who was killed by the Vikings and was decapitated, his head went in the swamp and the wolves protected it and all this. I've read it all there. It's all on this sign in the garden. But Canoe built a little church buried. Oh, so again, Viking thing. So I'm like King Canoe, yeah. and of course King Canoe in the Viking series with old, uh, you know, Uhtred. Yeah, and it it's sort of like it, all the dots start joining up, and and that's it. And then you like, I'm really fascinated now. Yeah, I, I never have been before. Um, so yeah, it is. It's just an amazing era, I think. And I've been invited um, over to Denmark. Um, to go detecting with these guys, and they detect in Viking fields. One of them has built a longhouse, and he lives in it, a Viking longhouse. Oh, amazing. And uh, Tommy Jorgensen, if you look on the group, Tommy's a lovely fella and um, a font of information than his buddies are. Um, but I'm looking forward to that next year, so I'm going to go out there with them and uh, do some detecting in, in the Viking fields. How lovely. That's awesome. Yep. Can't wait to hear about that on next season when I'll be dragging you back on to hear all about that, Kev. What, what Viking <laughs> bits have you found yourself then? Right. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Stuart Mounts. Um, yeah. I've got one. I've got two. One with the wolf. Facing, they call it the beast facing one way, and another one with it facing the other way, which wow. is lovely to have. Yeah, a couple of Viking brooches. Um, they're they're pretty nice. Um, got a little bit of coinage and some little bits and bobs. I've, I've got some weights which they've said are Viking as well. Yeah, mm, and and yeah, that's that's about it. But that's what I mean. It's few and far between. So it's sort of like that's what I want to find. Do I need to find more Viking? Yeah, that all but, sounds uh, awesome, though. It is, and you know, there's a place near here called um, called Westow, which apparently I've read about it is where the Vikings come up the river from the coast, and they because it's part of the forest, they um, they set up camp there. Oh. Um, so, hence how I found Viking stuff, I, I guess, nearby. You know, they, they obviously mm. spread out and uh, got about a little bit like all everybody does. So, I'm sure there's more out there. I've just got to find you it. You will. I've just got to, I've just got to find it. <laughs> <laughs> you will. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. So, does that link in your favourite monarch or emperor then? Does that uh, fit in with somebody from Viking <laughs> times or would it be someone else? It, it does. It does, actually. I mean, King Canute, I'm fascinated with him now, and Ethelstan. Yes. Obviously, the Saxon king. So, but yeah, Ethelstan and probably King Canute would be my two favourite monarchs, I suppose. Um, 
I did used to like Henry VIII, but they prestige him now. Yeah, they do. I, th- I think that was the Henry VIII thing was because I found a silver spoon once that apparently was, I don't know how they work it all out, but I think the essay marks and the dates, stamps and everything, they said it was something to do with Henry VIII's call, but and a wow. couple of coins I found with the very, very, very young Henry VIII. I don't know if you've ever seen a grown... It looks nothing like Henry VIII. Because it's a young one. Yeah, and funny hair. And, that, and that, that always fascinated me, as I was saying, to the Viking thing come along. And, and it's now all Viking. I'm now all yeah. Viking. Maybe. Um, maybe in somewhere in my DNA uh, it could be a Viking. In fact, my wife said she's going to buy me for Christmas one of those... Um, ancestry DNA test Yes, yes. Mm. I see it's catching on now. I've done it myself and I had, yeah, and I've got my... Yeah, I think you started it. You started it. I've got, <laughs> that, that started my tattoo sleeve, so I've got um, a Valkyrie oh, on there yeah. and all the runes and everything, so Boudicca oh, and Pirates. <laughs> so you started it. You started I started that the trend. Them. It's really good, everybody, and it's better because if you're a wimp like me and you don't like blood, don't worry. It's all about just spitting into a tube. <laughs> Not the most pleasant thing, but really easy to do. <laughs> I remember that. Hopefully that's the same. Yes, it will be. And that'll be really interesting when you get your results. Oh my goodness, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So I'm I'm um, I'm hoping maybe I'll get it before Christmas, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. Comes but back I'll quick have, as well. It's really good. I think I'll hate to because <laughs> in the Christmas rush it might take a long time, might well, Exactly, yeah. yeah. So why wait? Maybe there's um it's that famous sale starts tomorrow, doesn't it? So maybe you should hint enough tonight yeah. and she might I'm, get a deal I'm tomorrow. Gonna get, when I pick her up tonight, I'm gonna hint to her. Yay. Kate from Winter gets from the car on the podcast on you see, so she knows who Kate is as well. What's your wife's name? Joanne. All right. Hello, Joanne. I'm glad you like the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Okay, so um, that all links in nicely then. So you say say that you live on a farm then, Kev, so that's really good, obviously. But how would you, uh, what advice would you give to detectorists in terms of getting permissions? Have you got any top tips for for the detectorists out there? Face to face. Yeah. And always face to face. And, um, if, if your wife doesn't mind helping you, <laughs> a pretty face and a smile goes a long way. If I can tell you that, because they, they, they do, they, they do, and it, do, it does work without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, I've, I've been to farms, I still go, you know, I've, we've been driving, I think, oh, look at that land there, one of somebody detects there, and I'll just drive up the driveway. Yeah. And, you know, we'd, Joanne sitting in the car or whatever, you know, and we got chatting to a farmer. And I think it just makes you sort of like, I don't know, appear more family. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it works. Maybe it works. It works, doesn't it? People get well, to look you in the eye. They get an impression of you, do. don't they? We do. They do, yeah. I mean, sending letters is good, and sometimes that's the only option. You've got to do it. But I think to, you know, and, and perhaps not on a Sunday, you know, mm. the day because farmers – they work a lot of hours, don't they? They do. You, you just got to go and knock on the door and be polite and nice. And, you know, if, if it's no this time, they, do you mind if I come back next time or whatever? And, yeah, that's that's my only advice. Face to face. Go and ask them face to face. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, have you ever had any issues when you've been out and about detecting heaven? Have you ever had um, arguments with any cows or anything weird <laughs> and wonderful happen? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's a pasture. Um, not far from where I am, and 
for for quite a long time there's there's been there was nothing in it then the sheep would come and the sheep would go and the grass goes up and down there's some lovely old oak trees and there's so much history in there that i can't help but keep going in there you know i've, I've um I've found all sorts of different areas and anyway one day uh, it was in the i think it's about it was last year i said to my wife i'm just going to pop out for a couple of hours and uh, off i went and i was digging and you know I'm on my knees looking in this hole and I could feel somebody or something watching me. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. And I turned around and there was this ram. Oh. Yeah, and he didn't look too happy. He didn't <laughs> want me to he didn't, And, I, and I, I, not, not much frightens me, really, but I thought, bloody hell, he's going to, you know, he's like, he's not happy at all. He's coming this way. <laughs> and I stood up and he sort of walked forward. Uh-oh. And then all the sheep were behind him, like in a V formation. I'm thinking, what the hell? Oh, no. Going? He's boys, mates. Yeah. So I just very calmly picked it up and just sort of like whistled off, really. And um, I did. And they sort of disbanded, thankfully. (laughs) Nothing went harmed. Um, Another another place we go, I've got a permission on a um, stud farm, horse stud farm. Yeah. So we've got these. these lovely areas we can detect there. And the guy's like, whichever one then got the horses in, because they rotate everything, obviously, you, you'll be fine. And I went in this field with a mate of mine. We went in there and like, there's nothing in here. The next thing, you could hear this horse running. And oh. I thought it was filled. No, it, I don't know where it was hiding, but we never saw it. <laughs> yeah. And it's rearing towards us and it's rearing up and doing, you know, and like, oh they're scary God. things, horses, when they do. Yeah. So we sort of got out of there quickly as well, but that's that's the worst thing I think that's ever happened. But and I, I tell you one thing that happened a couple of years ago, and this is a one-time thing that happened that uh, is amazing. And I keep myself now, but I was detecting not far from here again, in a, in a stubble field, and I was going along because I'm very slowly. I go very slowly, but I'm very methodical when detecting, and yeah. I thought. And to look at, I think I was looking at some of the birds. There were some big old birds landing. And I looked down and there was this little mouse. I don't know what dormouse, do they call them? I don't know. But it sat on my boot. Oh. So I put my right hand in my pocket to get my phone. Yeah. Got to get a picture of this. And it was looking at me, it was looking up. And I, I'm, you know, it was bizarre. But the movement of me getting my phone, and that was just enough to frighten it off. But it was one of them moments, you know, like with a mouse, what's he doing here? I'm like, oh, there's a mouse, do you know what I mean? We're like, whoa, on. You probably think, what are you doing in my field, you know? But that, that, was, a, that was a lovely moment. That was, that was something that I'll never forget. And I, I, tell my, I tell my granddaughter, my granddaughter, my eldest granddaughter, um, thick. So she's taking lots of things in, and she loved metal detecting as well. She's, um, oh, got brilliant. Her, but I was telling her about the mouse, so she wants to go out. Yeah. See if a little mouse will go on her foot as well. Oh, lovely. Not to find anything. She just wants to, to see if a mouse, a little mice will come and crawl up yeah. her. Yeah. That's a so, once in yeah. a lifetime thing, if that, isn't it? It That's was, yeah. So mad. the good, the bad, and the ugly there. Yeah, I like it. You covered all the bases. <laughs> That's lovely. Um, do you have any other hobbies apart from metal detecting at all, Kev? Cooking. I love cooking. And I, love, and I love music, and I put them together. Nice. Um, my wife loves it. I mean, she when when the kids were growing up and I was full-time working, obviously, bless her, she used to cook. And all of a sudden, I just took an interest in cooking. 
I think it was Jamie Oliver, I think, because um, in a previous life I used to do project management and I remember we'd done some work and then we'd done some work for him and I used to watch what was going on and, you know, I asked him a few things and uh, he let me do this, that and the other and, yeah, he's sort of like, that's how I got started. So I love cooking and I put the music on. Yeah. So I love all different um, genres of music, everything from opera to hip hop, whatever. I love music. So I, I do my cooking and my music. I'm not a fancy cook. You know, I don't do fancy things. It's, it's like basic ingredient, but fresh. Yeah. And even now I've got a, a grill outside um, with a light so I can still grill meat because I like I think if you grill meat, and this is the Viking in me, you need a flame to cook the meat. Yes. So, um, but with my music going as well, so cooking and music, I've played oh, my hobbies. Brilliant. I love that. The uh, <laughs> the dancing chef will have to start calling you. <laughs> yeah, I've known to do a little bit of a jig. <laughs> oh, lovely. I love that. Yeah, Jamie Oliver, he sort of, when he became popular, he really made cooking popular again, didn't he? Because it, it seemed like it was... For everybody, if you know what I mean. He, he, he's a clever guy and a, and a lovely fella as well. Very, very grounded. He used to live near us and um, he, he, he very often you'd see him in the town. He'd always stop and speak. And he's a very approachable guy. He's done a lot, hasn't he, really? I mean, for, yeah, he's done well. Gordiners and things, I remember. But it was just, he, I think it's his style, you know, because he is, a you know, he, he loses fresh ingredients, basic, none of the fancy stuff. He's not one of the fancy cook chefs because... Again, my memory's terrible and I, I get bored. If I've got to follow things, you know, by the book, two ounces of this, three ounces of that, I can't do that. Yeah. I, I can chuck a bit of salt in, a bit of pepper and yeah. a bit of sauce and mix it up and yeah. chuck it out. I can do that. I can cope. <laughs> it works. I'm not going to try and fix it now. No. So she must think I'm half yeah. decent. Joanne loves it, so it must be good. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Right, we're going to move on to the bucket lister section, Kevin. So you've obviously found a lot of great stuff, but what have you still got on your bucket list that you want to find one day? I suppose, right, think detectorists. And do you remember when he found the uh, the Aftel, the Alfred Jewel? He found it, the, the, the thing off of the staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, and you get the flashback where the the guys come out of the, the little church. That's and, right. And wrapped it up and buried it because the baddies are coming to rob everything. Yeah. I would love to find something like that because I think if you think back again in history, all these things that used to go on with churches and the robbing, et cetera, et cetera, there must be a lot of stuff that the monks buried. There must be. Yeah. So a gold something from a church that maybe I can find and take back to the church if the church is still there. Yeah. That would be amazing. I'd love, I'd love to be able to find something like that. So something, you know, like the Astle, the Alfred Jewel. The Alfred Jewel is the real thing, which is in a museum. I can't remember where it is now, um, but that's Anglo-Saxon, isn't it? But they portrayed that in the Detectorists as um, the Astle that he found. So, yeah, I think, I think something maybe that was buried to save being stolen from a church or even pilfered by the Vikings. Of course, go. yeah, back to the Vikings uh, they, again. 
they got their axes out, didn't they? Chopped a few people down. They hopefully buried the stuff. Um, so there must be loads of stuff out there buried from, from monarchies, <laughs> churches and cathedrals. Yes, there must there be loads of it. <laughs> That's on my bucket list. That's on my bucket list to find. A big bold cross maybe with some jewels in. Oh, can you imagine digging that one up? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So that's an excellent one on your own personal bucket list. But now we're yeah. coming to the ultimate bucket list section, Kevin. Right. So as you know, each week our guests place an item on the ultimate bucket list list so that we can all have a list together that we're all aiming to try and find one or two of the items on. Um, <sighs> so what item, and it can be wild and wacky, or it can be something rather obtainable, would you like to place on the ultimate bucket list or list? How about a Viking axe head? Yes, a Viking axe head. Wonderful. For a few reasons. One, because a lot of people ignore the iron signals. True. And, you know, I've, I've one or two nice iron bits, and I think we need to dig more iron. I mean, you imagine the swords mm. and the axe heads. Somebody I know last year found a Viking axe head. Mm, well, it turned out to be a bike and accent. So I'm going to put that on the ultimate bucket I list. I love it. Yes. Um, yeah. There you go. Viking accent. You're right. We do all try to ignore the iron signals, don't we? Yes. I know. There must be some magnificent things, you know, we yeah. ignore. Um, I, I do dig iron sometimes because you just, just never know. I, I, I've, wanted, I've never found a sword, so I'd love to find a sword. And if I don't dig an iron, I'm not going to no. find one, am I? No, no, no. So, Right, so that's an excellent, excellent item. We have placed it on the ultimate bucket list list, a Viking axe head. And I'll enjoy talking a bit more about um, a Viking axe head that has been found. I'll do some research and include that in uh, one of the midweek extra episodes as well. Brilliant, Kevs. Thank you. So is there anything else you would like to talk about or would you like to do any shout outs on the podcast this week at all, Kev? Um, can I shout out some companies? Yes, do it. I love it. Right. Regton in Birmingham. Um, I've yeah. been sort of like affiliated to them for a long time. Lovely fellas, lovely family. They're a detecting family. Uh, great guys. I've worked with them at uh, a few of the rallies. They help out in our X groups, as you know, and they're always there to answer questions. And if yeah. we do uh, giveaways, they, you know, they're involved in that as well. A big shout out to Scope down in Kent. They've been going years and years and years and years. And I, you, you know I'm a Scope fan because obviously have got the machines. They, they, they're involved in uh, a, a lot of other things that people probably don't even know about. Um, they, they produce uh, machines that locate cabling and, and water pipes underground for, for Bristol. They're common all sorts. So, you know, they know what they're talking about. They have a fantastic service department. So if you've got an old C-scope machine that you want to breathe new life into, send it to them. And I tell you what, they yeah. are lovely people as well. I've been to the factory a few times and I've never come across, apart from like the Regton guys, I say, uh, a lovelier bunch of people who are so interested in what you've got to say about the hobby and the machine. Same thing with Yeah. Um, so I think uh, as far as shout-outs go... Um, but they're the two that I'd give a shout out to anyway. Lovely stuff. So that's Regtons, of course. We all know Regtons and Seascope themselves. Yeah. Yep. There you go. There you go. Wonderful. There you go. Brilliant. Thank you, Kevin. And are there any detectorists you would like to hear on the podcast one day? Anyone you'd like to recommend I try and get on? Do you know what? Marcus. 
Marcus at Regton, he's the, one of the brothers. His name's actually Marcus Ingham. There's a lot of people know him as Marcus Ingram. A lot of people know him as Marcus Regton. Now, he, he's, he started detecting years ago because his dad was a detectorist and yeah. him and his brother Nigel. So Marcus would be a great one to get on the show. And if he won't tell me, and I'll bend his ear yeah. to tell him he's got to come on. I would love Have, that. Oh, yes, please. Do it. Do it. We want him on. We want him on. <laughs> yes, I would love to get him on. So, yeah, bend his ear for me. I'll reach out as well and we'll try and get him on. I will. Lovely stuff. Will. Well, Kev, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been yeah. so lovely hearing um, more about you and your story and your history in detecting. And I very much hope we can get you on in season two. So in a year's time or so to see what else you've been up to and how you got on with your ancestry yeah. and uh, when you went over to Denmark as well, what, what occurred. I've got a lot more to say, but you have to sort of curtail me because I can talk for England. <laughs> lots of things that people perhaps don't know that I do. Um, uh, one other thing I will say, I, I wish, yeah, is um, go for it. I think this hobby is great for anybody who suffers any sort of mental health issues as well. I've heard it come up on your podcast a few times because one thing I do yeah. do is I take out servicemen. Um, they're mostly American servicemen that suffer with a bit of PTSD, et cetera, et cetera. And one or two people with mental health issues as well. And I've found firsthand how brilliant this hobby can be for people when you're out in the fresh air uh, you know, just detecting one-on-one -on -one or just a little group of us all together with similar issues. Um, watch out for each other and because you just don't know people that are suffering. You know, a lot of people find it hard to talk. So as a community, I know there's a lot of people in this hobby that look out for people and there really is. And I, I talk to people a lot and people sort of know me now for uh, suggesting people message me or whatever um, or meeting up etc etc to talk about it but I think it's a very important thing um, for everybody um, to take on board and remember you know there's a lot of people suffering in silence um, that don't need to because as a community we can all help and as I say repeating myself but I know there's a lot of people in the hobby that do help people so uh, yeah keep up the good work all the people who do it and look out for those people that might just need a little bit of help you, you know find it hard to ask so, mm, so yeah absolutely absolutely that's why it's good to keep close to our people isn't it and when it you is, notice something it might is. be a bit amiss you, yeah you know, just reach out there's a little sad thing that like with my group like as we said earlier there's six and a half six thousand seven hundred people in there now and you know when you see somebody posting a lot and then all of a sudden they don't post and you think, you can't, I can't help it. But, you know, I, I'm obviously on there every day nearly because it's my group and a couple of the other groups I've got as well, C-Scope group, and you see people and then they stop posting and, like, it does, I get worried. I think, God, mm. I think they're all right. And I do, yeah. I find myself messaging them now and sadly this year there has been two that I've messaged that I haven't had to reply back to. And then I've had a reply from them, well, it's not them, because something, you know, untowards happened and it's been a family relative who have said, oh, I'm so sorry, Kevin. I can mm. see that dad or da -da -da used to talk to you, but he passed away or we had an accident, you know. So keep an yeah. eye out. If, you know, if, they, if, 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 if you think somebody's missing, check up, check up on Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll only appreciate it as they well. Will. They? they will. And um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a nice thing. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. 
No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And everybody talks about the the benefits of the hobby just <gasps> on mental health and that community if you want the community, but also if you want to be on your own and that mindfulness and yes. the activity and yeah. the benefits of health. Yeah. And then, as I said, uh, Carl, the mental detector, he's been on before and he's got his charity there set up. Um, so we are Hummingbird and then there's a circle of four on there. So yeah. lots of different avenues and, you know, if you ever need somebody, don't be afraid to reach out. There's many of us out there that yes. are just there, a message away. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Kev. We will speak to you again soon. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, best of luck for this coming weekend. I hope you do get out and it's not too wet and uh, stay lucky. Likewise. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on and I hope I'm bored everybody to tears and waffle too now much. Now you've been amazing. See you soon. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye.